0: Hello, welcome to Social Work Made Accessible. I'm Dominic. I'm Rachel.
1: Join us in this podcast where we have conversations exploring our profession, the practice and people's perspectives. Will you feel like equilibrium will ever be reached as well?
0: I think the equilibrium is always changing. Yeah, So okay, yeah, that's, a, that's a good thing to put in. Yeah. yeah, which is like how we see that in the family, right? Like, it's like whether or not they can there's a disruption. There is something that interrupts that equilibrium and how Mm -hmm. the family organizes itself to meet meet another equilibrium. So some families can do that by themselves. Like they don't need an external party to come to help mediate that. Mm. Whereas others uh, need a little bit of a helping hand. So maybe they might come for like family work and things like that. Mm. So I think the question then is, do we as social workers really see what, what part do we play in helping in the equilibrium? Or do we even see that the equilibrium is disrupted? Or what is our role participating in that?
1: Wow, very, very meta-level questions.
0: And it will be different for everybody, I think.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. No, but I really like how you talked about how equilibrium is always changing. I think that's a personal shift to my mentality. Meaning, sure, idealistically, there is this sense of equilibrium when it doesn't shift. But technically, if you see equilibrium shift over, for example, we just make it easy, right? 10 years and equilibrium shifts. Then there's always that state of transition for society, and in that transition, some people make that transition, some people don't. Mm. And because of that lapse of doing so, similarly, when we talk about families and I guess systems theory in this perspective, uh, and so, so some families are unable to find their equilibrium and then social workers therefore play that role. Wow. Okay. So I think I think you've, you've actually convinced me a little bit more to how sadly social workers will never ever... Cease to exist.
0: <laughs> I think... I think not that I want... And then when I watch... When I watch the news... Okay, my dad watches a lot of, like, international news. And mm. then I just walk past and I hear how... Not necessarily in Singapore, like, other parts of the world. People are relating to one another. I think in some ways, we're almost regressing. Oh, okay. Yeah. We are... We, we live a lot of fear, mm. I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in that fear... But that's also like a whole other thing, right? Not necessarily that these people have a lot of wealth or have a lot of, like, not that just want to hoard. Yeah, okay, maybe it is that they want to hoard or protect their own space. Yeah. Yeah, and then out of fear, the fear of not having enough, then they are unable to have their conscience pricked and respond to want to help others.
1: Yeah, so, so, okay, I think this is a great point for me just to present my next area because it, it's a bit of, about this whole whole point for me. So Because I cannot understand uh, root causes. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I my conclusion is that I cannot find a root cause. And so I'll use the term circular causality. Okay. Um, yeah, so some questions remain for me at this level. If we see that the society is an interaction between, let's say, man and humanity and structure, what is, firstly, what is the source of the difference uh, next is, in the first place, why is difference present? Difference is present probably through. I mean, the big word is exploitation, but I think I will look on the other end is aggregation. Lah. So I keep more than I need. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my question then is, is this man's response to dysfunctional structures or is it dysfunctional men responding to functional structures or mm-hmm. is it both where dysfunctional men is responding to dysfunctional structures? So I'm definitely not going to give an answer because I really, really... I think it's a, it's a futile attempt. It's just, a, it's just how I think about this whole idea. But you can <laughs> try.
0: But <laughs> well, I was going to ask, like, could you just define okay. for me humanity? Uh,
1: I think it's just the whole conception of men. Because we talk about conception of society, right? So I would think then, what is the conception of men? Like, is men inherently good or is men inherently bad? Is men inherently selfish or is men inherently selfless? It's very ends of the spectrum. Uh, and I'm sure it will vary, lah. But so that's exactly why I find that I can't go any deeper into this portion because I find that that would then require me to take a certain assumption of
0: men. I think a safe assumption to make of men is that because it's on a spectrum, the spectrum is not just at either end, is yes. either extremity. Most, of, I mean, I hope, and I yeah. hope that we would. So I think the part where we can work at is getting people on the other side, like to be able to not necessarily persuade, but like win people over to say like, you know, let's view it from this way instead. Mm. Yeah, I think we need to make an active effort to do that. Mm. Yeah, so mm, personally, I don't think, I feel like dysfunctional is a very labelling word.
1: It is, it is. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I, I find it hard to believe that Structures are dysfunctional, okay. because to me, like structures are not dynamic; mm. like they are just what they are. Yeah, and I think in most cases, most structures that were put in place came in with a good intent. Mm. So,
1: um, so that's why the question: where did it go wrong?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, even if you were to look at something like communism, okay, I think the intent of communism is great. Mm. Yeah, it's just that nobody was able to execute it right.
1: So is it because of structures or is it because of men or is it because of both?
0: (laughs) I think, okay, I would say it's because in a pool of 20 good men, Mm. there are two or three bad men.
1: Okay, okay, okay.
0: Yeah, so I think that even when I... Okay, this sounds so horrible, but even when I... Okay, it's not like based on history, but when I read fictional stories about communism, because <laughs> I read these like series of books about uh, like a family in China, like I think the people, maybe it was being brainwashed, but I think they genuinely believe that this whole idea of a collective society is good. Because if you think about it, why would it not be good? Mm. Right? Like everybody has equal portion. Everybody contributes equally.
1: Yeah, so that's why I feel that maybe I'm the devil's advocate in which I'm trying to say, it's the three men that are bad out of the 20 that are
0: good. But yeah. also do you know how come some of these people are so bad. Like, that's the question I always ask. Like, exactly. why is Hitler so evil? Exactly. Like, so that's why like why it's innate, evil. Something
1: that's so innate, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and I I don't know. As in, so that's why for me, it's, it's really an undecided conclusion on circular causality. Because the question is then, if bad men use good structures to exploit good men, will good men eventually say it is not worthwhile being good, I'm going to be the bad man?
0: But I mean, in history so far, it hasn't.
1: Okay. Right? Sorry, this I really don't know. You can educate if, me on this.
0: <laughs> as in, if we think about it, I mean, let's say, let, let's look at something like Nats, the Nazi war. Yeah, like Hitler did all of these things. But then societies all around were like, okay, this is not right. We need to fix that or we need to respond to that. Or even in communism, people rose up and they recognize that that's not okay. But I mean, communism still like exists in China, but the form in which it exists in, like, I think, people are conscious mm. to say that, like, you know, this is bad. Yeah, it doesn't fit into what would be the good life for most people. So I'm, I'm more on the side to think that the structures are functional.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Or like at least they might not be perfectly functional, but at least they are. It is possible to work them towards being increasingly functional.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I'm actually of that also. Yeah. I, I think you're right to say that maybe we shouldn't use the word dysfunctional, but at this point of time, I can't think of anything else. Uh imperfect. Perfect. Maybe that's better.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Mm. But I, yeah, but I still think that whole idea of like a few bad aches, it could also be like the I mean that's the whole idea of like risk or that whole idea of like aggregation that you were talking about like how yeah. much we want to keep for ourselves I think that's something that there are very few people who are so generous like mm. the majority of people would rather hold for their hold at least some degree of safety before they say like okay I'm willing to put it out there for someone else mm. like okay. if Bill Gates wasn't like a multi-billionaire like would he be so into philanthropy
1: mm-hmm. you know, like it enables him to be philanthropic right Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. Like, you are at a certain position to to really freely be able to contribute or to respond in that way. But I do think there is a shift. Lah. Like I think the young people of today are more... I don't know if it's less risk-adverse. Like, they're more willing to take risks in that sense.
1: Okay, okay. Maybe, maybe you're right to say, maybe at this point of time, we're actually seeing an equilibrium shift. Maybe just in the past 10 years, the whole notion of... uh individualism, if I could put it loosely, uh, was the focus. Like, fight for your own self, fight for your own family, protect yourself, protect your own family. Yeah, you understand something? I think,
0: yeah, I think interestingly, it is in that concept, right, in that active effort by parents of young people today that young people today are able to be in this position. mm
1: exactly yeah it's the whole idea of like accumulating therefore you are in that certain level of comfort to then be able to think of such things
0: exactly yeah so i think whether or not we are aware of our own i would not prosperity but mm. yeah are we aware of our own position and what it took because in some way we are contribute our inaction is contributing to something yes yeah. and yeah. I don't know if we should feel responsible for that because we were, I mean, not really conscious at that point of time when we were growing up about what's going on. Yeah, but I think it's recognizing that it can't stay the same. Mm,
1: okay, and do you find then, do you agree with me that it is in that assumption that we cannot stay the same, it is in that tension between imperfection and perfection, it is in that tension between equality and inequality or equilibrium and disequilibrium that social workers exist?
0: I think a lot of social workers come in for different reasons.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There are the social justice kind of people.
1: So there's also this equilibrium, right?
0: Yes, yes. Mm. So I think there's that front of people. Then I think in Singapore, there is also like really the family, protection of children in terms of safety, psychological, well-being, things like that. So Mm. I think that's kind of like two camps Mm. where we have. And at times they interweave with one another. One might predispose the other to to certain things. So I don't know what percentage of people like why people choose to come into the profession, mm. or what really guides them. I can't speak for for other people.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think for me is that to me it it is really is in this difference that social workers exist. Uh, mm. And I, I would think principally we seek to bridge this difference. Yeah, we were talking about how like society makes transitions between equilibriums. I think it is in those spaces that, that we exist. Or, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think that is where like different heads of social work come into play. Mm. Like for example, for the intra-psyche, we may work to reconstruct some areas of deficit. For example, just like boosting a person's sense of self, like the whole idea of their self-concept or their self-esteem. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe because of some harm that happened in the past. Mm. Or mm. So the next is when it comes to interpersonal work, right? then we seek to empower individuals to interact with people and societal structures uh, in a manner that society accepts. I think here is where a concept that we learned in social work, the whole idea of social change and social control comes into play. So social norms dictate that violence is, uh, is unacceptable. So I think sometimes social workers really do have to step in or do an to an exercise of social control that this is not acceptable.
0: Mm, I think this kind of un- answers the person's question, right? Like whether or not given the sheer breadth of roles that a social worker might encompass, are we trying to accomplish too much? I think Mm. now in social work, the good thing is that there are a lot more specialist uh, centers coming up. Mm. I think there's a a lot more organization in terms of like, okay, this is your your work or like this is what you are focused on. But maybe if you were to say in the family service setting, like maybe it might feel like you're doing too much. But I think now that we have all of these specialist centres, maybe certain cases which reach a certain threshold where the, the family service centre might not be able to meet that need. And knowing that there are people who specialise or can focus on that, I think reflects that. I don't think we're doing too much. Like, yeah, the delineation is possible. Uh, mm. and, and there is a role for different um, specialists to come in, be it like for divorce or for parenting or for yeah for mental health needs. Yeah, right, right. I don't know this part about how do we go about being relevant and planting more clearly our stake in terms of what we stand for.
1: I think that has to be defined by some by the own social worker, right?
0: Yeah, because I think he was kind of asking like, are we just going along with what the state wants, like the state's uh, organization?
1: I hmm. I am likened to say that there's nothing wrong with going along what the state demands of a social worker. Mm. But that doesn't mean that it should stop you from exploring alternative trenches to develop yourself
0: in. So I think I think think it depends on where you are in terms of your professional development also. Okay. I think like when you feel like you have first of all enough knowledge skill uh, maybe like credibility i think credibility is really important mm. yeah and then you are able to have a network of people that think alongside you then i think it's a lot easier to be relevant and in his words plant more clearly our stick in terms of what we stand for mm. yeah i think when you have uh when you start to find like your tribe right as they say then as a tribe you kind of work together to to kind of figure out Exactly, you want to position it? Because I think if you just go one man alone fighting, holding the flag, like (laughs) I think it'll be hard, lah. Yeah, like we I think we have to be strategic also Mm -hmm. in the way we respond. So different people, different social workers will care about different things. Like, like some of my friends care a lot about like child protection issues or trauma. Yeah, Yeah. but I may not resonate so much with that. Yeah.
1: Do you have a certain interest if you're willing to disclose?
0: Uh, I think for now, like, probably, like, child development. Oh, okay. Related. Yeah, and I think also how that relates to, like, parents' capacity to to help their children. Mm. Yeah, but I think, maybe just to answer the part about, uh, our roles aligned with what the state requires at this point of time in its development? Yeah. I would just think that the state is not so selfish to be self-serving entirely. Yeah, I think they... Definitely know that they have responsibilities and obligation as a state to its people, and I see that. Like I see the the attempts to to show that responsibility. Okay. Yeah. So even when like all these specialist centers arise up, it's not like it is uh, a blind kind of like oh I just want to do this because I want to do this. Like there's yeah, really. Yeah. Neat. yeah, I see that they are really. Trying their best to be more responsive and setting up things that really meet the needs of what we have in society. Mm, mm. Yeah. So even like during this whole COVID situation, like more shelters came up. Like the government was flexible. Yeah. So yeah, I I I am not so quick to say that we are just being pushed around. And you have your own agency. Like if you don't like it, like no one's forcing you to stay. I feel. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah, that you really need the money, lah
1: Then <laughs> yeah, just... I guess it's just the point in which I also have a personal curiosity. Is that I will definitely disclaim, make a disclaimer in which I don't think this is generalized to people. I, I'm curious to understand what makes social workers jaded. Yeah, is it really the work with clients, or is it trying to throw the starfish into the ocean, but we realize that the ocean never sees us? Yeah, mm. you know, I, I'm very very curious to hear more about that, not just to talk about burnout but to really understand the, the
0: psyche behind it. Or the
1: yeah, yeah. I think it's a very sad thing because I find that social work is really such a, a profession that I think brings fulfillment. Um, mm. And to see people potentially like leaving the the, the, the sector because of, I, I really have no clue. their own all reasons. Uh,
0: I think that would be an episode, a whole other episode that we can talk about that. But I feel like I'm not a very good person to contribute to that. Like I feel like I'm the eternal optimist. Like, I might be jaded for, like, one day. Then after that, the next day, I'm like, okay, let's try it again.
1: Yeah, then so the question is... Two, two
0: years is, only, la, so...
1: <laughs> the question is, how do you keep eternally optimistic? Okay, la, but I mean, sure, we, we I think I would love to hear a lot of people who probably have been in the sector because I'm sure that there are many tensions that in our infancy stage as social workers, we just don't see. Yeah. I,
0: like, think the, I think the difficult question to ask also is, are these people who have experienced burnout, like, really consciously aware of why they had experienced that burnout. And, and and I think that's a very difficult question to ask people because it's almost saying, like, it sounds very blaming. Like, it sounds you were not self-aware. You didn't exercise that self-awareness or you didn't do things to prevent it. So I feel very, very worried. <laughs> I feel like I would not be able to ask that question well as an, at this preliminary stage. Lah. Mm. Yeah,
1: I mean, perhaps since we're already discussing it on this platform, if people do have their own personal stories, then I hope they respond to us. So. Yeah. Mm.
0: Or yeah. maybe also like, can you say that you experienced burnout, but you know, after you, if people have like comeback stories, like mm. how, how did they manage to overcome that burnout? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I think we kind of shifted a bit um, from, we were talking about the function. And I think we kind of answered some of his questions, even though we thought we couldn't, at first.
1: Yeah, that's true. Or at least respond to the the questions. uh. Yeah,
0: Yeah, what do you think about this last bit, about the extent to which roles like social workers in society might have existed in history when the concept didn't exist? Who else took on the role of attempting to advocate for social justice and restoration of functioning?
1: Okay, I think maybe even before I respond to that, how I'll respond to it is actually talking about uh, whether humans should be responsible for other humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that in the past, society would probably have been organized in, in, in like you said, in a very tribal format. So perhaps it wouldn't be as private as we have today, where it's so individualistic and everyone is forced to kind of like stake their claim in society. I'm sure there were still injustices, probably worse, but at least I felt potentially that I could rely on someone to my left or my right. I think today we see this more in the sense of potentially extended families. Mm. Uh, but maybe in the past it was really very tribal
0: mm. I think my response to this right is that we shouldn't think that we have like we are the only people responding to social injustices so in history maybe just the word social work didn't exist but perhaps it's more about like the principles of what that is mm. and how that um, I mean essentially it's a, a request from a person right like what will you be willing to do to help in light of this injustice mm. yeah so I think social workers contribute certain professional thoughts and capabilities. But I think this idea of advocating for, for social justice can be different professions. I mean, to really be able to advocate for social justice requires us to understand that different people have different strengths. I find, as I think about it more and more, I think it's very important to get to know people from different um, professions, different skill sets. And hopefully they also have uh, desire to help society. La. Mm. Yeah. Mm.
1: Honestly, I think that's a, a, a perfect place to end on. As we end the podcast, Rachel, do you have any last questions you would like to leave with our listeners?
0: Yeah, I think um I was saying about how uh, different people in society play different roles. So I'm hoping that most of the people here are listening while listening as social workers. So maybe even if you're not a social worker, um, who you want to partner with, maybe someone from a different profession or someone with different skill sets so that you could better um, society. And maybe, yeah, what would that idea look like if you could do something?
1: Fantastic. Okay, and with that, we've come to the end of our episode. Bye.
0: You've just listened to another episode of Social Work Made Accessible.
1: We would love to hear your thoughts on anything that we shared.
0: You can reach us at swmadeaccessible at gmail.com or drop us a follow and a DM at swmadeaccessible on Instagram.
1: And don't forget to join us in the next episode.